Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I was thinking about something, Jordan. Can you help me think this through? Ooh. So are we going to cease conversation on the podcast? Did it just be a recording of two men thinking? Yeah. It's <laughs> kind of a just John like- Cage thing. Like, who wants to be a millionaire? Only Regis is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my thinking on this. Well, you know the Middle Ages? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, the the closest I've been, I mean, I'm, I'm not that old. I'm 40, so I was not alive. But I have been to medieval times. Mm-hmm. So I think I've kind of been, you know, in the soup, as it were. Yeah. So you know the whole, the whole drill. Knights, falconry. Right. Uh, Eating with your hands. Didn't invent forks. Boy in a park. Spoons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I, I'm sure I've told the story on the uh, podcast before, but I think it uh, bears repeating. The last time I was at Medieval Times, everything uh, incredibly in character. No one said anything. Like they weren't doing any like jokes about TikTok or whatever. Um you know, they stuck to the time period, except for before it started, the king had to come out and re- remind everyone not to vape. <laughs> it was the only concession to modernity anyone made during the show. So in the in the yeah. medieval times, there was a mm-hmm. lot of things that people had to endure. Right. Cholera. Clouds of vape smoke. <laughs> <laughs> the Black Death. Mm-hmm. Just the indignity of feudalism, you know, yeah, like yeah. the like the uh, a horrific life of toil. Right, your teeth just fell right out of your head whenever they felt like it. Um, people were dying in childbirth left and right. Everything was very muddy. And the worst part, no Netflix. Yeah, no Netflix. What am I supposed to binge? The Bible. The weather was bad, and you didn't really have a house. You couldn't. You couldn't read. Right. They just had to have special monks that knew how to read. Dragon eats your baby. Just all kinds of terrible shit about it. Right. Today I was thinking about the Middle Ages, and I was like, oh, fuck, they didn't have ice cream. Yeah. Fucked up, huh? Can you imagine that shit? Could you imagine? What the... What? I mean, I guess you... I guess you don't know what you don't have, but it seems like they would have been able to feel that one in their bones, you know? Right, ice cream is coming, and I'm I'm just gonna miss it. Yeah, because I'm gonna die at 21 of cholera. Yeah, well, I think you speed the process along. You find a dragon, you just yell, "Hey, get chomping!" <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Get chomping, or you find a dragon that breathes ice. And you bring some cream over there. Oh, I don't know like how an you're ice wyvern. <laughs> you yeah. saying some kind of ice wyvern? Yeah, probably like a. If, if you could find a wyvern that breathes ice and you have a churn. Could this be a separate wyvern? It's like a churn wyvern. A churn, churn wyvern? Sure, yeah. why not? Why the <laughs> fuck not? Sure. And just all I'm saying is that there was a lot of fucked up shit in the Middle Ages, but it just occurred to me that in addition to all of those life-threatening, horrible things, yeah. and in addition to the fucked up economic system, and they only had one set of clothes, it was all torn up and it was hard from filth and it barely covered their genitals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you got, you know, a, an STI... It just drove you insane and all your skin fell off or whatever and there was nothing anyone could do about it. Yeah, and then plus the king 
sleeps with your wife on the night you get married, and then he tells you not to vape. Yeah. Fucking fascist. Or worse, Jordan, imagine this. What if the king didn't sleep with your wife? Mm. I mean, he would still tell you not to vape, probably. Yeah, well. But if he didn't sleep with your wife, I mean, it's better for your wife, but you'd feel pretty embarrassed. Because he slept with everybody else's wife, you know? Right. (laughs) Is my wife not comely, you would be thinking? (laughs) Yeah. Is she not comely? Doth she not be comely? Enough enough for the the Lord's mouthpiece on earth? <laughs> uh, that's all. I was just thinking. I was eating some ice cream, and I was just feeling bad for those people. Yeah, you're, your interest in ice cream shows no sign of wa- wavering. Wavering. <laughs> I, invented wavering. A new, I invented a new Sunday. Do you want to hear what it is? Sure. It's uh, cookie dough ice cream. Okay. And you know I'm all about the Tillamook brand, the top grocery store ice cream yeah. brand. Get this Tillamook cookie dough ice cream. And then you know these tiny chocolate chip cookies, these tiny crispy chocolate chip cookies that come in a a, a vat from Trader Joe's? Uh, Yeah, I can, I can picture them, sure. Yeah. Are they kind of long and thin? Or are they kind of like a thin? No, the, I know the kind you're talking about. That's the kind you get on like a Delta airplane. Right. I'm talking about little roundies little that are crispy and they mm-hmm. come in a bucket. Right. You know, like a KFC sized bucket, but it's all little. So you take some of those and you squish them up on top and then you put caramel sauce and then you put whipped cream on top. It's called a double cookie sundae. Oh my gosh. I thought about calling it a super cookie sundae, but I figured that would be gilding the lily. Yeah. You could give one of those to the king and then he'd probably forget about fucking your wife. <laughs> What was I going to do again? <laughs> oh, that's right. Have another Sunday. <laughs> then we'd be like, ah, Ice Wyvern. <laughs> sure. It was a problem back then. Uh, well, look, Jordan, we we have a guest on the program. I'm I for one. Let me say, I for one am very excited about this guest. You know him from Polygon. You know him as one of the co-hosts of The Besties. And now you know him as the author of the Book of Fun, an illustrated history of having a good time, Russ Frushtick. Hi, Russ. How are you? Hi there. What an introduction. I appreciate it. Hey, glad to do it. Love to list credits. Now, Russ, there's something food-related I wanted to get into with you, or I guess I should say mouth-related. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing us you're doing us a solid. You're an East Coaster. You're taping this yes. at one AM your time. Eleven, but yeah. Eleven. I was trying to I like the one. I was trying to endear you to the audience more and it uh, really like makes you. me look like a stand up guy for one AM, but no, it's it's eleven. I would have turned you down if it was one. You've got a young baby uh yes. that needs care. But you're staying up to do this show and not only that, you're not not only are you not a coffee guy. But you're a juice dude. Am I am I wrong about you being a juice dude? I mean, I love juice. This came up very recently on the Besties podcast, but yes, indeed, I am powered deep within my veins with juice. Wow, like so, Jack Lalane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was he into juice? That was like his whole deal was juicing it up and drinking it down, and and wearing those onesies, right? I think so. I think that's correct. No, that's great. Yeah, no, I, I love juice. Uh, I, for for 30 years of my life, I drank orange juice like every single day. Had to give that up. Case of the acid reflux. Mm. And now I'm doing sort of a pomegranate blueberry combo, which I guess is good for my 
my poor little esophagus, which was too sensitive for the for the OJ. Aww. Oh, Aww. little Russie's esophagus <laughs> loves superfoods. <laughs> I'm just saying, man. He's he's a sensitive little fellow. Which I've been taking advantage esophagus? of him. Give me a cyberries. <laughs> <laughs> we brought you on the podcast to make fun of you. <laughs> I know that's good. I'm totally used to it. This is my this is where I feel most comfortable. So it's it's all good. I um I distinctly remember, and I heard, and I I bring it up because i'm a i'm a loyal besties listener i heard that and a guest and a guest i you was appeared. a guest once i got to talk about grand theft auto tons of fun um mm-hmm. and i and while you were talking about juice i was remembering the like time in my life because we were like glass of orange juice with breakfast every day in sure. my family part of the food pyramid but i remember the day that people were like oh by the way a glass of orange juice that's like eating two big macs like calories yeah and everything juice really got a bad rap pretty really got a bad rap and i definitely remember when they were trying to tell you that something was bad for you they would phrase it in terms of how many big macs it equaled (laughs) now it's all about king vapes right yes (laughs) yeah five fat clouds equals one (laughs) eight ounce glass of orange juice um but have you found like are you just are you just saying you know, fuck it, I'm going to have juice, or have you found healthier juices? Oh, no. I I don't think there... I think the whole point is that there is no such thing as a healthier juice because it's all sugar, so you're just imbibing a lot of sugar. So I have not found a healthier sugar. I am selective with my juice intake because I realize it is not very healthy, but I need some spice in my life if I'm not going to drink coffee in the morning. So I... In the morning, I have like a third of a glass of juice mixed with water, two thirds water. And I have the same thing at dinner and that's it. That's the only juice I have during the day. And I don't know if it's every day that still seems a little indulgent, but, but I don't know if that makes me a juice guy or not. Russ, you need to let go and let God buddy. (laughs) This juice thing is taking over your fucking life. Well, here's the thing. I let go and let God, it was 30 years of that. And then I went to the wherever ENT whoever yelled at me and 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 I had to give it up. I went no juice for like months because I had to recover from my rapscallion juice drinking ways. Yeah, you're white knuckling it. This is never going to stick. You got to get a sponsor <laughs> we'll and get in a program. <laughs> we'll see. Jesse, you guys do a lot of juice in the house? No, we don't have juice in the house. Although I do have, just because I had fond memories of one from my childhood. And I found one at a thrift store, a champion juicer. Do you yeah. know what that is? Oh, the ju- yeah, an actual juicer. They're like big metal giant ones, right? It is the greatest piece yeah. of equipment. Like I don't – I never use it. Like I truly never use it. It's just in the way in the back of a tall closet where it's too heavy to pull it out of. But uh, a champion juicer looks a little bit like a – a tan-colored robotic aardvark. Like if you imagine, an, it's got like a funnel, a big funnel on top and a huge body that's just all an engine, like an electrical engine, like one that would also have powered a vacuum cleaner in 1946, just a straight-up engine. And then it has this little nose that sticks out, and that's like a masticator. It has like uh, it has like rotating blades, rotating burrs, 
and then they drip down from the nose like a sort of post-nasal drip of carrot juice or whatever. And you turn that thing on, it goes, and then you push the carrots down into it or whatever it is, and they just get fucking destroyed in there. Just fucking, you could put any goddamn thing in there. If you wanted to make shoe juice, a champion could make it happen for you. It sounds like you have like an industrial juicer, like that's overkill for a single household. Right. You could make juice for an entire factory. (laughs) An entire factory's worth of thirsty workers. That's what's so amazing. That's why I love it. Jordan, it is an entire factory. That's what's so great about it. Wow. I, what I like to make with it is uh, watermelon juice. Watermelon is oh, a great juice. Yeah, yeah, that is a good juice. I actually just had watermelon juice today. Oh, oh, wow. A little street watermelon juice, if only. I was in Manhattan. There was a street fair. Agua fresca watermelon juice. Oh. Delicious. Served via ladle? Mm, yes, there was a ladle. Okay, good. Probably not COVID friendly now that I think about it, but it was delicious. The risk taken. Hey, man, you got to live your life, man. Just drink from the ladle. You got to live your life. Well, I didn't drink from the ladle. Jesus. Well, well then, it was you poured into have, a cup. then you didn't have the juice. I'm sorry. If you if you didn't drink from the ladle, you didn't have that juice. <laughs> they don't have cups at the factory. They just give you one sip from the ladle yeah. and that's it. Right, yeah, and then back to work. <laughs> what I like about an agua fresca, besides basically everything, is uh, that they come out of those giant barrels that are clear plastic but made to look like barrels. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like like its natural home is in a barrel, and in the plastic era, they needed to honor that. Yeah, it's like those root beer candies that are also shaped like barrels. Oh, it is. Or like those poor people from the Depression. Who are wearing barrels instead of clothes with straps over their shoulders. That seems more expensive than clothes. Yeah, that's true. You know, I bet bet the (laughs) expensive part is attaching the suspenders. Like, who does that? That seems like a specialty job. Yeah, you'd need an auger to do that, probably. Yeah, some sort of auger. Can I say this? A lot of people talk about how bad the Great Depression was, and I'm not poo-pooing it. You know, the last thing, obviously... My reputation publicly is somebody who's really sympathetic to the victims of the Dust Bowl in particular. Mm. Right. But, I mean, speculators, as you know, I'm ambivalent about, but certainly the working people I'm I'm aligned with. But as bad as the Great Depression was, as, gra- as bad as our grandparents and the generation before them had it, they did have ice cream. That's true. So... Yeah, but have you tasted that ice cream? I mean, it's true. It was, it was probably like probably like root flavored or something. <laughs> sand, <laughs> sand flavored. What's this meat? You would say. Right. Yeah. Thank that's you, ma- God, for bringing me meat. That's mackerel. <laughs> mackerel ice cream. Um, Russ, as a as a noted video game, a public video game professional. Uh Oh, what? What has been your hottest take? Do you have a hot take? Do you have something that that got people in a tizzy? Oh my god! Uh, I mean, if you negatively review anything that is popular, generally that pisses people off. I'm trying to think of the last game that I sort of was like a little bit passive on. Oh, do, do people also shit if you are just like this thing's okay, and they're like, ah, fuck you, it's brilliant. Oh, 100%. You should have said that it was brilliant. 100%. The default setting is if a if a if any game, 
is like a B plus, but other people are giving it like hundreds or A's or whatever it is, you will basically be treated as a pariah because you are not, you know, cheering on this miraculous piece of artwork. Um, And that's, I think, the case not just for video games, for any sort of criticism, anyone sort of stepping out of line for something that is popular uh, will eat a little bit of shit over it just by nature. Now, uh, this is a very safe space to talk about these issues because no gamers listen to this podcast. So sure. feel free to speak frankly about these issues. But what is there a group of fans that you kind of know are going to be trouble? Like, is it the Pokemon people? Is it the Halo dudes? Yeah, the Halo folks got in uh, kind of got a reputation recently because because and, and you know what? Uh, look, let me let me start by saying if anyone is like actually harassing people online, do, yeah, screw you. I don't want any part of you. You shouldn't be doing that. Bold stance, I know. Um, but I will say this for the Halo folks, uh, people that like Halo have gotten pretty grumpy in the last few years. And I kind of get it because they've had a, a string of kind of rough releases lately. Um and but they are probably the tetchiest of the bunch but that being said you know you mentioned pokemon the pokemon fans very picky as well basically any big fan base will kind of treat their thing as the end-all be-all and if anything is like slightly lower than let's say the last release uh people will kind of lose their minds and that's the thing about video games just like kind of bring people that don't care about video games it's worth considering Obviously, people make a lot of comparisons to like movies versus video games versus whatever. The difference with video games is if you've got a series, the expectation is every single one is not only better than the last one, but markedly better with improvements and new features and new things. Whereas with movies, we all kind of accept that the next one's going to be shittier. That's like the default setting. Sure. So there is this like escalating business in video games that is impossible to constantly hit unless you're, you know, working people to death in uh, crunch and various other things. So it's it is kind of a meat grinder of an industry. Do you think that the Halo people were mad because Master Chief started to fuck in that show? In the TV show? I think they were thrilled, quite honestly. I oh, think they think they, all... they liked the fucking. I think they were on board with the fucking, if only because you know, they've been dying to see. I know people make a big deal about his mask coming off, but what about the ass? We had no mm-hmm. idea until Didn't, that. Do we, I didn't Wait, watch the Master show. Master Chief's we... ass comes off? I'm pretty <laughs> sure we see Pablo Schreiber's ass in that show. And, you know, good for him. Not only that, I don't know if you guys have seen the clip. It is worth just seeing the clip because Master Chief gets with, I don't know. She's like an alien. I didn't watch the show, but I did see the clip. Gets with some like alien covenant lady. But while this is happening, his long life, a lifelong AI compatriot, Cortana, is watching along and like nodding approvingly. Wait. And, whoa. Yeah. He's friend. Okay. I got to watch this nasty ass show. <laughs> Just the clip, at least. <laughs> Master Chief, the boss of Halo. Yeah. Is friends with the search bar for my computer? Yes. And they fuck together? Okay. Am I following this right? Well, you are indeed, because the name Cortana, the search bar from your computer, comes from Halo. Jesus. That's why she's called that. Well, 
Then I'm so, going to call mine John Madden football. <laughs> <laughs> Root beer tapper. Jesse, did you, did you know that this whole time Cortana has been watching you fuck and nodding along approvingly? <laughs> and poorly searching things for you? I mean, I knew about that, but I thought that was just a Windows thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who's also there jacking off is Clippy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they've had Cortana's been watching me fuck since Windows for work groups, Windows sure. 3.11. <laughs> I see you're trying to satisfy your wife. <laughs> I'll be playing solitaire. <laughs> just all of all of my attempts at sex just have that red squiggly line underneath them. <laughs> too many apostrophes, Jesse. Use too many apostrophes. <laughs> Do people who are in this is a sincere question. So Halo is, I know, I don't really only all I know about Halo is there's a guy named Master Chief and it's a shooting game Mm -hmm. with like, kind of like space guys. You're pretty much up to speed. Okay. So are people invested in, I mean, I know that it's like, it's one of the most beloved uh, shooting games of all space guys. Yeah. But is there like, uh, is there like an emotional component to it? Jesse, there are 14 books based on Halo and Halo Holy franchises, cow. which is to say there ha- has to be some emotional connection because it's there's no shooting. I mean, there's shooting in the books, but you're not doing it. So there has to be some level of, you know, caring about right. these characters and the lore and stuff like that. Now, so you're saying, you- Russ, that this is almost a Sue Grafton level phenomenon. Hmm. Oh, yeah, they're they're on their way. I guess they're probably at like... Uh, I maybe yeah. at this yeah. w, w is for warthog. <laughs> S is for shooting a space guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, people people get super into these these uh, the Halo franchise, and I think that's why they're uh, probably a little grumpy at this point because you know they've they've struggled to sort of keep that level of us uh, you know extreme reputation. It's look, it's a tough business. You're constantly up against new competition, new vampires that are killing a bunch of ghouls at once that's that's how do you compete with that does he have friends does halo have uh, does uh god master chief have friends yeah is halo a guy that's two questions but you can answer them (laughs) halo is more of a landscape than a guy but uh let me address the other one the master chief question his name is john by the way Oh, worth noting that's that's my brother's name (laughs) there you go that might be inspiration you don't know uh, and he does have a friend, and it's Cortana. They're best friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. Because friends are cool, like, if you're like, hey, come on and watch me fuck. <laughs> hey, I'm going to insert you in the back of my head as I fuck. Right, as I fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that Master Chief would lie with a covenant. Yeah, that that was surprising. Does Cortana live inside Master Chief's hat, or does he have, like, a Microsoft Surface or something? <laughs> He's got, it's like a chip. She lives on, like, a chip. Like a computer chip, not like a Dorito. And it goes into If anything, it would be one of those sweet Maui onion chips. Cool. <laughs> yes. Kind of one of the best Ooh. chips. Ooh, I'd uh, love to eat a Cortana on one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Little onion oh, dip. Yes. You're eating me. You're eating me. It's <laughs> Shut up and watch me fuck. Chip. <laughs> <laughs> you're not paid to talk. You're paid to watch me fuck. <laughs> That's right. I'm paying you. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a living wage, not in a city. She gets slotted into various things. Supplement it with gig economy jobs. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> How will I afford avocado toast? <laughs> fucking millennial Cortanas. Oh, my God. Cortanas. That's why they'll never be able to buy a house. Yeah. 
sorry, Russ. Hey, Jesse, what other Halo questions do you have for me? Yeah, so is is he uh, uh, is he fighting a particular set of bad guys, or is he just all different kind of bad guys? Yeah, so I mentioned the Cort- uh, the Covenant earlier. The, the yeah. Covenant were like his main bad guy foes. It's like a, a race of a, a bunch of religious aliens that show up and decide, hey, we, we like this Halo thing. We're going to fly there and blow up the universe effectively. So he mostly fights them and then... Sometimes there's like, oh, now they have to unite G.I. Joe style and fight this other group of folks. So it's highly original. I know you mentioned like, oh, there's like 14 supplemental. Novels. Yeah, 14 is not an exact number. There are probably more for what it's it worth. It doesn't sound like this is something that you've engaged with all of this. I've know. played the games, but no, I got shit to do. I have <laughs> not read the books. <laughs> is there anything maybe like in your youth? I don't know now. Is there anything that you went that deep on as a as a kid or as a as a as a current adult like yeah i didn't like reading as a kid or as an adult which is ironic because i just wrote a book but uh so there wasn't really but i guess lore wise yeah i don't know like metroid i got super into metroid but that doesn't have a lot of lore to it it's like all kind of very surface and and uh, experiential um every once in a while when i play like a metal gear solid game like a hideo kojima game any of those i'll like spend probably too much time on wikipedia entries trying to understand what the fuck's going on but really you don't understand the game just by playing it (laughs) no they are difficult to follow yes russ what do you think about this game that my daughter's been playing a lot of sonic schoolhouse i don't know what that is it's a game where this terrifying like 1996 CD-ROM 3D rendered Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Take takes you through a world of mathematics where there's only a forward button and a backward button. I mean, that's all he needs. He either goes ahead or back. Sonic has the voice of a I would say a, an older woman. Okay. <laughs> but like like down to party kind of older woman or like a little bit stuck up. Like a saucy oh, no, divorcee. I- <laughs> Yeah, a total a total cougar, no doubt about that. Hell yeah. <laughs> How and, do you and, think Sonic met Knuckles? Yeah. <laughs> My ex what? has the kids this weekend if you want to come over. No holds barred. What is Sonic doing in this game apart from just going back and forth? Is there actual educational merit? No, I mean, it, it's not. It's not one of those games where it's disguised as educational but actually it's just you know it's not like Oregon Trail where actually you're just there to shoot buffaloes you yes. know what I mean overshoot buffalo if anything exactly yeah. <laughs> um yeah I feel like I always when we were playing that at like the school computer lab I would always spend all of the time shooting the buffalo and then that would fuck my party it's like we're too full of meat a child yeah. died from too yeah. much meat <laughs> you're like oh I'm switching to sim ant sure <laughs> I did play a lot of <laughs> sim ant uh it it is one of the it is not a it is not a false educational game neither would i describe it as educational uh so in in the sense that there's nothing fun about it and you don't learn anything what is she playing it on she's playing it maybe on like uh she she got really obsessed with trying to play it because it's supposed to be so bad and then she got really into it after she's this is a classic situation with my daughter is she'll try and do something ironically and then just because she's doesn't have a lot of media experience or discernment 
she will just get really into it. Mm. Like she's really into knockoffs of scary movie. And I think she started watching them because she thought they might be bad or something. But now she just has seen every like parody movie from 2004. Oh, yeah. Not another teen movie in those ilk. Got it. I mean, not another teen movie is the fucking Citizen Kane genre. I'm talking about like date movie. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Epic movie. It's something that is a parody of a comedy. Yes. There are many parodies of comedies. There are many Borat parodies. I've seen multiple Borat parodies. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'm sure you know this, Russ, but there's a world of websites where you can download games that uh, are 25 years old and and mostly but not completely work on your computer. I mean, I've seen like browser based, but I didn't I actually am not aware that these are like freely available. Like you could buy like edutainment games or download edutainment games on like random sites on the internet it doesn't surprise me but if i wanted to go on the internet right now and download the game that i played constantly as an eight-year-old president-elect the presidential campaign simulator (laughs) (laughs) what was the gameplay of that (laughs) you decided what states to spend your budget on and Mm -hmm. you either got to choose a candidate from the real 1988 election Mm -hmm. choose jesse jackson typically uh, or you can choose your own positions on uh, school busing and then be a candidate yourself. And perhaps you get to choose what state you're from and you get to choose a running mate. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's it is a very in-depth game that I could download from the internet right now. And if I did, I would probably just start playing it and never stop. That seems educational, to be honest. Like, I, I think that's valuable for, for children to understand the importance of, I don't know, being from Illinois, <laughs> splitting the ticket. <laughs> uh-huh. Paul Tsongas. <laughs> Is there a feature in this game where you press A to lie? Yeah, thanks, Jordan. This show is my daily show packet, by the way. I'm just going <laughs> to email this link to Trevor Noah. Crushing You're it. not running for Congress, Jordan. Oh, well, fuck it. I have no plan then. I have no five-year plan. Thanks a lot, Jesse. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Russ, what was your edutainment computer lab game of choice? Yeah, uh, Oregon Trail you mentioned, certainly. I... Yeah. I wish I could pull the name of this. I really can. I tried to think of it recently. We were given a game that was like you were trying to maintain an ecosystem on an island. So you're dropped on an island and you have a, whatever, a day to find water and shelter and stuff like that. But if you start like eating all the fish, the entire island collapses under the weight of like your engorgement. And <laughs> it was the most stressful experience of my life. I don't know how I even... I think I made it probably three days because I just ate everything right, and uh-huh. failed that class. But yeah, no, it was dynamite. I don't know what it's called, though. If anyone knows, please write in. Was Sonic the Hedgehog involved? No, they might have done a later crossover. Yeah. At this point, it, basically, he's in everything. So it wouldn't surprise me. They could only afford Knuckles. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Hi, kids. It's me, Knuckles. <laughs> My ex has the kids this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Don't eat that fish. Don't eat the fish. <laughs> Come on over and fuck me. <laughs> Don't eat that fish. Eat my pussy. I'm Knuckles. <laughs> what? We also had Snood. Did you guys have Snood? Snood. Oh, yeah. What's Snood? It was just like a knockoff. It wasn't educational at all. It was just these like very low res, scary faces. And you'd match them and... Uh... It had the same gameplay as like Bust a Move, right? Yeah. Like it's a puzzle Precisely. game where you shoot snoods. Yeah. 
which are spheres with bad faces. Yeah, I like that you said snood like it was a known noun that yeah. people were just like, oh, yeah, you should snood. Shoot snoods. Yeah. <laughs> Send snoods. That's what I text people. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> that was a classic one I, I mean none of this really stuck from a learning standpoint but we were just killing time right it seems like on those school computer labs there was always one or two games that were on there that just came with the computer and maybe they should have taken off like snoot is one of those spider free ski the the yeah. pinball space game sci-fi pinball oh yeah sci-fi pinball yeah crystal quest oh what's what was crystal quest Crystal Quest came on a color Macintosh. Like if you got a color Macintosh, you got mm. Crystal Quest. And you basically clicked and dragged your mouse around to grab all the little stars but avoid the bad stuff. A oh, fucking pretty sweet game. I'm not going to lie to you. That sounds good. Did anyone play the game that's in big? What? Uh, the, oh, yeah. With the like ice wizard. Sure. It's like a plot point in big. Yeah. he's Before he gets bigged. You see him because, yeah, that is a that was a thing in movies from our childhood is there were these games you would see characters playing. And then it was mm -hmm. like, is that a real game? And how do I get it? Mm -hmm. I think that was a real game. Huh. And it was like it just genuinely challenging for people to, I don't know, kill the ice wizard. And the only way you could do it was to wish at Rye Playland that you got big and were smart enough to beat wow. it. So that whole movie is about him just trying to beat that game. <laughs> yeah, right. Pretty much. So dance on a piano with your boss and have an inappropriate sexual relationship with an older woman that is perhaps problematic looking back. Look, she drives him home after it's a it's a good relationship they had. That's right. Um, I remember wanting to play. You remember that we all remember the Robin Williams movie Toys, right? Yes, man. I saw the Robin Williams movie Toys in theaters. Me too. And all I really remember about it was that it made me a little sick to my stomach. It's very ambitious. Not because of a, like, a, not in the way that, like, Avatar gave me a headache, but in it just sort of, like, there was, I found it unsettling. I mean, uh, 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 Joan Cusack is in it, and she plays a robot who you don't know is a robot, and at one point her head just, like, explodes. Right. Like, you just think she's an, like, I was hit like a sister the sister of robin williams and her head just explodes and it's very surprising wow and i mean we were all pretty young when that came out i can see how you'd be upset if somebody exploded joan cusack's head she's the greatest that's what i'm saying fucking great in everything joan cusack now you you mentioned toys it's relevant to this conversation because toys if you recall is like a very anti-video game movie right yes yeah toys is definitely like why don't kids play with wind-up elephants? You know, like it has that kind of finger-waggy. LL Cool J says, play with wind-up yeah. elephants. <laughs> Listen to your hero, LL Cool J. <laughs> Dress like a couch and play with a wind-up elephant. Uh, he dresses like a couch in a scene in that movie. It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, Furniture us by us. That's what right. he wore. Um, <laughs> that's good. Um yeah, so that movie has so the like evil general that buys the toy factory like converts part of the toy factory into a like video game area and these kids are playing this like war video game 
And I think the implication is that, like, it's them flying, like, drone missions somewhere else. I'm ahead of its time in that sense, I guess. Um, but, yeah, like, very anti-war. The kids are all, like, meant to look very, like, dead-eyed and zombified, like, playing this war game. And you're supposed to, you know, walk away from it wanting to play with wind-up elephants. But I was just like, oh, that war game looks so fucking sweet. Where do we get that game? Is that, what is that, on the 3DO? How do you get that? <laughs> yeah. Do I need a Jaguar to play this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was the dream to play that game, and it, it never happened. Uh, technology still hasn't reached that point unless you are actually in the military, in which case you can really play a pretty dope drone game. It just doesn't end well. <laughs> Hideo Kojima, if you're listening, make the game from toys. <laughs> I know you're listening. You know what, Hideo Kojima? Let's focus on a lore-heavy version of Free Ski. I want to know why that Sasquatch is picking his teeth. Is he pay? Oh, because he just ate a person. I can tell you right now. Oh, check out Hideo Kojima over here. <laughs> Explaining why the Sasquatch is picking his teeth. You could, I didn't realize this. I played probably 300 rounds of free ski. Had no idea you could actually escape the Sasquatch in that game just by hitting W for down. At that point, we didn't know WASD was like a control on a keyboard. Right. We just thought, Oh no! This you're just t- toast. It's like a message about life and how useless, uh, you know, the process of living is. But in fact, you can escape the Sasquatch and do quite well in that game. So what, ha- might- what happens when you escape the Sasquatch? Fucking get to the bottom of the hill and party. There's a fucking party in Freeski. In the Hideo Kojima version, you have to watch a two-hour cutscene about the Vietnam War. <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to uh, watch a two-hour cutscene and then uh, come back for some calls? We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy, detective. This episode of Jordan, Jesse Go, every episode of Jordan, Jesse Go, made possible by the members of Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun, supported by your memberships. All the people who go to MaximumFun.org slash join. That's, that's where our bread is really buttered. That's, that's the reason we can do this show. We're also supported this week by the folks over there at Magic Spoon. Now, Magic Spoon is a breakfast cereal, Jordan, but it's so much more than that. What else is it? It's a delicious late-night snack. Oh, yeah. It's a mid-afternoon tide-me-over. Oh, yeah. It's a blast of flavor that is impressively healthy. Zero grams of sugar, 13 or 14 grams of protein, and only four or five net grams of carbs in every serving. This stuff, you might as well be eating just a bowl full of acai berries. Sure. I don't know what those are or what their nutritional profile is, but I bet Magic Spoon's a superfood. Yeah, I bet it's better. Um, uh, I love Magic Spoon. I had a big bowl this morning, a great way to start the day. I might have a little handful before bed. Jesse, you were absolutely right about it being a great late-night snack. A lot of good flavors in there, too. You got cocoa, fruity, maple waffle, cookies and cream. Uh all really, really tasty. I have not had a Magic Spoon flavor that I dislike. I think they're all great, all tons of fun. I'm all peanut butter all the time, baby. Everybody knows that. Get some, uh, I don't know if the uh, oatmeal cookie is still in, uh, available as of this recording, but ooh, that oatmeal cookie is real good. 
Go to magicspoon.com slash JJGo to grab a custom bundle of cereal and try the magic for yourself. And be sure to use our promo code JJGo at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of cereal at magicspoon.com slash JJGo and use the code JJGo to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Hey, uh, Jesse. Yeah. You, uh... You doing a little traveling this summer? Oh, yeah, baby. I went to the Antiques Roadshow. Ooh, nice. Uh, I'm going to beautiful San Diego. Um, That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, But have you ever thought about all the people that make a vacation truly great? Have you ever thought about this, Jesse? You got hotel concierges. You got uh, flight attendants. You got Nico Lowry from Swan Auction Galleries. Sure. Um, Not to mention charismatic bartenders and friendly souvenir slash gift shop clerks. God, I love a charismatic bartender. The charisma coming off these fellas and ladies and non-binary persons. You know, outstanding talent, like the charismatic bartender we mentioned, is crucial for a successful business. And if you're hiring, you can find talent for roles like these and more at ZipRecruiter. When you try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo, they use powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review these recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So travel to this easy-to-remember web destination. Mm. ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. That's where you can try ZipRecruiter for free. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash JJGo. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Uh, And hey, Jesse, um, wanted to remind the listeners that uh, Sarah Morgan and I will be signing copies of the Bubble graphic novel at Comic-Con on July 21st, over there at the first second booth, number 2800-2802. That's at 2.30 p.m. on July 21st. Uh, yeah, we'll see you at Comic-Con. If you're, uh, if you're sporting any Max Fun cosplay or uh, merch, uh, I got a free mystery gift for you. So come on up, get your book signed, uh, wear a little Max Fun gear, and uh, get a mystery prize. If you're, if you're the first person, everybody else gets jack shit. I'm going to spill the beans. Spill it. It's a cronut. Jesse, now I have to get a new mystery prize. You got beans all all over my cronut. (laughs) It's probably going to be a DVD I get from Big Lots. If you're into getting your books autographed, this is your big shot to get Sarah Morgan before she goes back to England. England's closing its borders. She's never going to make it back out, <laughs> much less come autograph your book. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, no, this is awesome. This is definitely um, one of the only times Sarah and I have been together to sign books. So, uh, yeah, if you want to uh, come say what's up, grab a book, grab a signature, grab a pick. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I say grab a pick. Grab a pick. We'll see it. Uh, we'll see it. Comic Con. Uh, July 21st, 2.30, over there at the first second booth. That's our publisher, first second. 
We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Ross Frostick, America's answer to Pikachu. <laughs> the American Pikachu. <laughs> Finally. Uh, there's something I feel like needs to be addressed real quick. Okay. So an envelope or a package? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it takes me a long time. Brian, edit like that out. <laughs> um, yeah, keep it in. It's good. <laughs> Brian, cut it. Press Control C for copy, then Control V for paste. So the yeah. whole show is just that, mm-hmm. like a John Cage tape composition. <laughs> um, Valerie, our video producer, who's on in charge of the live stream. Normally she's wearing casual garb. Uh this evening this evening she's wearing a fun top. Fine and, jewels too. And and some real jewels. She's wearing she's wearing dangly earrings, which I've never seen on Valerie. So we said, Val, what what's the story? What's what's the occasion? As they like to say, what do you got a job interview? And uh apparently <laughs> she dressed up to go to Margaritaville. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait. Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville? <laughs> the very same, Jordan. The very same. You know, uh, if there's any restaurant in America, Jordan, with a, with stringent dress expectations, it's probably Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. <laughs> That's weird, because when I went in, they said, no shirt, no shoes, no problem. <laughs> Well, when Valerie went in, they asked why she wasn't wearing elbow-length gloves. <laughs> Rush, you, you guys got a uh, margarita barrel there in uh, New York City, right? Yes, we do, indeed. It's it's right next to the Bubba Gum Shrimp mm-hmm. quality establishment. And uh, there is kind of like a guys and dolls war thing going on uh, between the two of them. Or I guess West Side Story it would be. Uh, there's snapping and flinging of appetizers. It, it gets a little bloody. The uh, Jordan, the, the New York Margaritaville is actually run by David Chang. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort of a fusion thing. Sure. Yeah. Small plates. Eater hated it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Russ, you have this new book out, and it's all about the history of and fun facts about fun things. Mm-hmm. Fun things being uh, pastimes, board games, video games. Yeah, it, we, I I was thinking what, how broad could I go on the topic of a book? So I went fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually uh, inspired by a podcast that I did with a couple friends of mine uh, called "The History of Fun," and uh, each episode of that podcast, we like picked the topic and then did a deep dive, historical deep dive into. The history of trampolines, which, as you could probably guess, is very bloody and and gruesome. Yeah, I bet um, you could make it do like a Ken Burns Civil War eight part <laughs> documentary on all the people who have died on trampolines. It's horrendous. Uh, but yeah, no, I I uh, shifted it over and and uh, wrote this book uh, with a very talented illustrator named Sonny Ross, and uh, kind of runs the gamut from, as you mentioned, video games. Uh, we've got roadside attractions in there, a wide variety of those, festivals, stuff like that. Um, one of my uh, pr- favorite anecdotes that I learned in in doing the research, um, there's a pretty well-known game. I mentioned this uh, recently. There's a well-known game called Goldeneye. came out in the mid-'90s, I'm sure. Uh, Jordan is a fan of it. Uh, Jesse, 
you've probably seen the movie, if I had to guess. Look, I watched Jordan and our friend Jim play it a lot in the dorm. There you go. I didn't really follow it necessarily, but I seen it. Uh, Jesse, I think we were... We were playing the multiplayer for Conker's Bad Fur Day, okay? <laughs> Get it right, moron. <laughs> I remember a lot of people going into the hallway and being like, Lemmings! And then people would play Lemmings. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a fucking blast yeah. of a dorm right there. <laughs> Russ, it was. <laughs> <laughs> You are absolutely right. So GoldenEye came out in the mid-90s, came out on a Nintendo platform, the N64. Nintendo, not a company that likes violence. And GoldenEye, obviously, being based on a James Bond movie, has guns and and all sorts of violence. So the creator of Super Mario Brothers, Shigeru Miyamoto, insisted at one point, he's like, okay, we can put this game out on our system, but we need to make sure that no one dies. So he actually went ahead and ensured that they um, were going to, at the in the final scene of the game, have James Bond visit a hospital, and in the hospital would be all the Russian soldiers that he shot throughout the entire game, <laughs> and he'd shake their hands and make sure they were okay. No way. Unfortunately. No, no way. That, no, that's legit. <laughs> that was something that he required, he really wanted from the developers. Unfortunately, it got cut very, very late in the process, but that was the selling point that convinced Nintendo that they could have a violent game on their system is so long as everyone was okay. That whips. That should be so. in every video game. That's so well yeah. fools. That's something we that have a it in the book. It's... Mascot would do. Hmm. Yeah. Like it's, the Philly no. fanatic is the guy who goes to the hospital and shakes hands with all the guys in the hospital. <laughs> make sure they're okay. <laughs> You don't think James Bond I'm sure Daniel Craig as James Bond has probably showed up in a tux and like met sick kids and stuff yeah. but why did he shoot the sick kids in the first place you know hard to say <laughs> sure yeah hard to say <laughs> um it's like that that video somewhere like is there a video of that like did it get that no far? unfortunately there's very little video record but there was uh a panel discussion uh between the uh the rare developers who made the game and uh they talked about it and they were sort of in awe and were willing to do basically anything that shigeru Miyamoto asked of them uh, and uh, kind of bummed that it actually didn't end up happening. Russ, in the book, do you cover any of the category of games that I would probably call street urchin games, which you're talking about pushing a hoop? Oh, with like a stickball, stick, uh, stickball, yeah. marbles, tiddlywinks, jacks. Uh, we've got Swedish bunny hopping in there. If that's of interest, uh, yeah. Does that check I'm, the box. Yeah, let's break that down. Let's get into this. I mean, it's pretty much right there on the tin. Okay. Uh, in Sweden, they train small rabbits to jump over. It's basically, imagine, you know, how the horses, they like have the, whatever they're called, that they jump over. Yeah, like a steeplechase. So imagine that, but miniature and just for rabbits. And then the Swedes ride the rabbits? No, no, no. Sadly not. Do they goad them? Oh, yes. There's quite a bit of goading. Uh, I think carrot traditionally was used, and then they sort of evolved beyond carrot to other Stick. you know cereals probably you know i feel like this is this is i feel like you hear a lot of like you know lefty types over here say stuff like oh, you know things are so much better in sweden they have all this health care and they get all this maternity leave and me, 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 me. this is the first time i've actually believed that swedes are better than us I don't know. These jackoffs don't even know how to ride a bunny rabbit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> They're bad. <laughs> In America, it's like, saddle them up. Let's hop. Sure. You know what I mean? And teach them to lie. 
Russ, I 100% assumed that this was a, a game in which Swedes hopped like bunnies. Oh, interesting. Perhaps against the Dutch or the Danes. Well, there is a festival in Spain, also in the book, for what it's worth, where they jump over babies. Yeah. Wow. It's I a mean, baby jumping festival. So that's kind of close, right? I've done that. I'm from San Francisco. <laughs> that's true. I mean, what are you going to do? Trip over the fucking baby? Those guys are very delicate. Right. But they place them in such a way that they would then jump over them. Yeah. Like intentionally jump over. It's not like an accident. Do they put them in a little box for safety? No. Right there, right there on the street. Does anyone... Wait, they put the baby on the street so they can jump over it? They might. I think they put like a like a towel down and then put the baby on the street. What's the towel for? To keep you from running into the baby? I, it's more for baby comfort, I would say, than anything else. And they're jumping over the baby to get away from the bulls that are close behind, right? <laughs> yes. Also the devil. They're jumping <laughs> over the baby. <laughs> ah! Yeah, you don't want to get caught by that guy. They're jumping over the baby because the baby's right there at the edge of Snake River Canyon, and they're (laughs) already going pretty fast on their rocket car. That's what Evil Knievel did. Also in the book, by the way. We're really crossing over into everything. Yeah, we've got uh, Daredevils as well. You got Evil Knievel in there? Yeah, he's in there, as well as the son. Evil Knievel Jr.? What did I tell you? It's a broad broad book. Hank Williams Jr. is Evil Knievel's son. Is that correct? (laughs) That is accurate, yes. My extensive research have led me to that. All my rowdy friends are jumping Snake River Canyon. Go ahead, Jordan. I was going to say, Russ, this sounds like the perfect book if someone has like a vacation coming up, maybe like a beach read, maybe like a, you know, like, um, you know, shared vacation home read. Seems like a great book to read in a shared vacation home. Hell, Russ, I'd love to read this book on the shitter. (laughs) It is a great shitter book, let me tell you. Great gift book, great shitter book. Right there on the shitter, if you know what I'm talking about. Do you have any family members who love to shit, (laughs) but are hard to shop for? (laughs) That's my entire Bumble profile. (laughs) I love to shit, hard to shop for. Please swipe. (laughs) No snowflakes, no libs. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> a 420 friendly. 420 friendly. No libs. <laughs> Love to shit. Can I tell you, I was at, um, uh, I went to a birthday, I went to the 80th birthday party of the psychedelic soul legend Swamp Dog the other day. Oh, cool. It was, it was fucking great. It was just me hanging out with Swamp Dog and Vernon Reed from Living Color, who's a super cool dude. Cool. Wow. And... Uh, but the best part is there's this guy who lives at Swamp Dog's house whose name is, oh, I'm pretty sure it's Moonstar. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he's a, pretty right. much the guy you would imagine. Uh, like he wears like space colored bike shorts and that kind of thing, like platform boots. I'm picturing footy pajamas, yeah. quite honestly. And there's an outdoor bathroom at Swamp Dog's house by the pool. And Moonstar had the inside graffiti painted to improve the vibe because it's his weed smoking room. And I was like, yeah, I'm all in on Moonstar. This guy rules. I'm just saying. It's different things you can do on the shitter. A lot of things you can do. Yeah. Smoke a fat bowl. Yep. Uh, If something momentous happens to you, give us a call, 206-984-4FUN, or just send us a voice memo at jjgo at maximumfun.org. Here's a person who's done that very thing for our segment, Momentous Occasions. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. Uh, this is Jake in Kansas City. I was just at a wedding in Omaha 
for a couple of my my friends who are getting married who uh happened to be Polly and I uh I met the bride's boyfriend and he was really cool and hung out with him throughout the weekend. And then at the wedding I was sitting next to the person and and was chatting with her and uh asked how she how she knew the bride and groom and she was kinda cagey about it and she was like, Oh yeah, we just we just met recently I'm like, oh, cool. I think I met the the one of the groom's girlfriends, and and she's being cagey about it because she doesn't know who's cool or not. And I just I felt kind of smug about that, uh, and then enjoyed the rest of the wedding, and then talked to the groom later in the night, and he's like, so how was meeting our therapist? Um, I, I just really got a, a good chuckle of that, and thought that 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 might be a good momentous occasion for you when I. When I assumed my my poly friend was dating this person I met, and she was actually providing therapy uh, to the, the bride and groom. Oh well, well, thanks guys. I really love you all in your show. You rule. Bye. Love you too. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. I don't have a PsyD or an MFT or any, you know what I mean. But at what point in therapy school do you have to decide? that you're going to become a thruples therapist. Right. It's a special, it's a special license you need. Yeah. Also going to the wedding. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I that's weird, step. right? Are you supposed to go to the that's wedding weird. with people you're treating? That maybe be just a little close, right? There was a judge John Hodgman case that was about this some years ago. It was very intensely controversial whether, uh, we, we checked it out with some therapists and it was a very hot issue. That said, I think it's fair to say that this thruples therapist may be a slightly non-traditional practitioner. Could be. Fair. I mean, that's what you're looking for if you're seeking counseling on how to fill all your holes. (laughs) Emotionally, you mean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, technically, I guess my therapist, my therapist is trying to show me how to fill all my holes. That's a good point. Sure, sure. <laughs> We're gonna make you airtight emotionally. <laughs> God. Yeah, I guess at that. I guess yeah. At what point are you trying to like fuck your therapist? Like inviting inviting the therapist to like what is presumably an open bar wedding? Yeah. This is my this is my question to you guys, Russ. I don't see a I don't see a wedding ring on your finger, but I'm not going to make any presumptions. I am married. Yeah. Okay. I'm not currently wearing it. I th- I take it off when I get home. There's there's no risk. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be okay. Well, I don't know. Look, how about this? I'm not going to make any presumptions about your marriage. Okay. I am. I think it's rock solid. Spot on, Jordan. Spot on. Russ, I think it's rock hard. Also spot on. Uh, <laughs> everyone's just nailing it today. I, so to speak. I am in a so I'm in a monogamous relationship. So that means if there's going to be advanced sexual practices, it's going to be between my wife and I. And Cortada. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> and your search bar. <laughs> yeah. My Microsoft Surface is present at all times. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, like we we have a a beautiful illuminated sexual relationship my wife and i however it's just going to be the two of us Mm -hmm. if you were in a position where you weren't constrained by traditional romantic boundaries how many people would you fuck at a wedding 
Like if you got invited, how many, where would you put the cutoff? All of dad's friends. (laughs) Dad's work friends who some, for some reason got invited. Yeah. And they're, why are you wearing shorts, dude? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just here for the open bar. (laughs) Are you saying the clock starts when you arrive and you've got like to punch a card, basically? I'm talking about how many people participate in one sex. So I'm not talking about if you fuck one person one day and one person the next day and one person the day after that because the wedding is down by the lake and everybody had to rent mm. a cabin. That doesn't count. Oh, I'm talking okay. about. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Oh. I'm I'm oh. talking about. Oh, God, some beautiful. So, and I'm not, also not talking about parallel sex. So I'm not talking about you're fucking and Cortana's watching and that counts as three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm talking about everyone is actively engaged with each other. There needs to be like a human centipede. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> yes, everyone needs to be eating shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I, I'm not saying that if you have a preference for a particular gender that you have to that you have to bone down with people who aren't your preferred genders. But other than that, Everyone is actively engaged in sexuality with each other. How many, how many, if somebody says, I got five, I got five folks back at the cabin and we're all going to fuck. Where's the cutoff line for you? Would it be three people, like a total of three? Or would you be willing to get involved in a situation where you, you know, where you suck six sticks or whatever? (laughs) Okay. Are we saying it's like a total dice roll in terms of who's there? Like we don't know who's there. No, you got a pretty good the number idea of the cater waiter. You only know them from the wedding, okay? So it's not like maybe like one guy is like a friend of the bride that you've that you like have hung out with a couple times, like on the patio sure. of a brew pub. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Oh. You guys did oh. pub trivia together. You know, you did a bar <laughs> trivia with Jakey Van Stratton or something, but. Like, other than that, you don't know these people super well. Like, you have a good, they have good vibes. Like, it's not, they're not like creeps. They're Yeah, but who's in the cabin is what I'm saying. I'm not saying, like, I get that you know, like, you don't know everyone. Cortana, but like, yeah. Clippy, <laughs> okay. Halo from the game Halo. All my favorites. Sure. Jesse roll. Jackson. <laughs> You're saying all, all the greatest video game heroes. <laughs> it's, a it's, a, it's a real Smash Brothers. <laughs> Forgive the... Uh... Smash. Anyway, that's fun. I think. I think. I get it. Smash. I think six is probably the cutoff from a from a engagement standpoint. Just because more than that, just like room temperature is going to go overboard. Like, and no one wants. No, I know. I can't sleep hot either. So, right. Uh, I'll 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 give a slightly I'll give a slightly different answer, and I don't think it's so much about. I don't think it's so much about how many people. I think it's more about a kind of totality, mm-hmm. accomplishing something, a kind of a hat trick, a prestige, if you will. Mm-hmm. I think it's getting the entire wedding party to do it, right? Yeah. Like you're, I guess you're assuming if this is a, like a, you know, a, a, a polyamorous wedding, you know, all the people in your wedding party are down unless it's, you know, like somebody's brother or something like that. I mean, not that yeah. you would be down, but I guess, you know, you probably... Yeah, I think yeah. incest is going to be the big challenge here. Cause... <laughs> yeah, for a wedding party especially. Right. Yeah. But if there's no, like, siblings or, like, cousins in the wedding party, I think you try and get everybody in the wedding party to... 
Including the bride and groom or bride and bride or groom and groom or whatever, including the happy couple. They're busy. Yeah. Realistically, they'd be busy, yeah. right? They've got stuff going on. No, I, th- I mean, this is, I mean, if this is your dream polyamory wedding, right? Isn't mm, that the, sure. isn't that the ultimate, you know? Now the question is, would you, okay, so I'm picturing like a conga line situation. <laughs> would the bride be on one side and the groom right. be on the other? And you have the wedding DJ the there, DJ he's playing is, all the yeah. wedding hits. He's playing chicken dance. <laughs> he's playing <laughs> shout. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Oh, gross, dude. <laughs> well, look, that's... For some reason, that was the part of this that I found too gross. I don't know why. Maybe we're discovering some of my hang-ups? Maybe this helps, Jordan. That wasn't me having sex. That was me describing what you would do. <laughs> mm. I wouldn't do that. I would cry. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> 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 It's electric. <laughs> Do it say. Wah, 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 wah. Anyway, uh, we got another call in there, Brian? Yeah, probably so. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go and guess. I'm going to guess uh, Steve Agee. Close. Uh, so my momentous occasion is that I am 38 years old, and I just took part in my first pro wrestling training class. Uh, a local gym by me does a wrestling workout. We got to run the ropes, do lockups, and uh, get people put into headlocks. Um, I decided to do this because at 38, uh, I needed an excuse to get into better shape. Uh, so uh, stay uh, hard as a rock, wet as a river, and welcome to my ice. Love you guys. Yeah, that is quite a knife. Yeah. You know, when he said 38, I thought he was going to say colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that is true. That definitely what happens at 38. Yeah. I mean, talk about the prestige. Yeah. If you saw somebody clothesline somebody and then give them a colonoscopy, like the kind with the camera where you, there's a monitor and you can see what's happening. Right. That could be, yeah, that could be, that could be kind of your special move. Jam that snaky camera up there after you body Jake the snake. Somebody. Yeah. Jake the snake. <laughs> RIP. Maybe he's dead anyway. Yeah, well, you should have gotten a colonoscopy. There you go. That's yes. what happens when you skip your colonoscopy once you get into your 40s. His snake is certainly dead. <laughs> he's he's anything but hard as a rock. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's dead as a snake. Mm-hmm. He's still alive, oh, Brian thank says. God. Brian's telling us Jake the snake. Well, he won't alive. be for long once I hit him with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. He's probably very old. Uh, 206-984-4FUN, jjgo at MaximumFun.org is how you can reach us. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. In the briefest time, I feel like we got to know each other. Bro, I appreciate you so much for that. Do you read minds or what? It's really a very sacred space you've created here. <laughs> bullseye! You've hit the bullseye, baby! Bullseye! Interviews with creators you love and creators you need to know. From MaximumFun.org and NPR. La, 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 la. Hey, were you a reader as a kid? Like maybe you read a lot of fantasy novels? Or horse girl books. We know how it is. But now you're an adult and you miss reading. You're so busy and you can't figure out how to get back into books. We're Reading Glasses and we're here to help. Yeah, we'll give you advice to figure out what books you love 
or learn to stop reading books you don't even like. We're really big proponents of dumping that book. Dump that book. But most importantly, we'll help you fall back in love with reading. Reading Glasses, every Thursday on Maximum Fun. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, the cute bunny jumping competition king. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Russ Frustick, Master Chief's central massage artist. You can just have the same nickname. Yeah, either way. I came up with another one on the spot. It was it was good. What, what can I say? Jordan Master Chief has a prostate. Why not stimulate it? You're, You're right. You know what I mean? You're right. Hopefully we get a good look at that prostate in season two, huh? Mm. <laughs> Well, with his removable butt, I mean, it's true. Can get at it easier. <laughs> seems easy. Now, Brian sent us a video of the bunny jumping competition, mm-hmm. uh, and the Swedes are talking in funny accents, and it really is mm, interesting. I think they're beautiful accents. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> well, hmm. we don't even know how many of these Swedes are single mothers. That's true. Um, it really is steeplechase e. Mm. Like it even has those poles that fall down automatically if, right. if they get touched. Mm-hmm. Um, and they lead them through on a bunny leash. And what I'm struck by here is that these bunnies are are real chonkers. Um, these aren't the slim, svelte, uh, hyper athletic bunnies that you might imagine engaging in a bunny jumping. A bugs or a Lola. Yeah, exactly. Like a, they're not as sexy as I would like them to be. No. <laughs> if anything, their designs got less sexier in the reboot, which I don't like. Yeah. Looks like Magdalena's bunny got the trophy. Oh, good for her. Today she was the winner, but you never know tomorrow. That's what mm. Magdalena says. That might be the seniors league that you're looking at, actually. Oh, is that why Chichi Rodriguez is here? <laughs> Some golf guy. He might be dead. Apologies to Chi-Chi. <laughs> he killed Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> Holy cow. Deadly combat, huh? Mm-hmm. What about John Daly? Not the comedian who's been on our show, the guy with the golf guy with the pants. Who, Who he has killed? he killed? President mm-hmm. Garfield. Yeah, right. I sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. How did Garfield even become president? It's America's obsession with lasagna. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was his platform. <laughs> Yeah. Well, eliminate um, Monday. Well, Russ, we we sure appreciate you taking the time to uh to be on the program and w- what a bunch of fun the book of fun sounds like. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and announce right here right now that it's uh, maximum fun. <sighs> it's a crossover, man. It's happening. Yeah. What's your top roadside I, attraction? Uh the thing. It's in Arizona. What? Yeah. What is okay, it? Well, that's settled. <laughs> what it's, the fuck is it, Russ? It's the thing. It's it's fifty miles up ahead. Don't you want to stop at the thing? <laughs> I I do actually detail what the thing is in the book, but I don't want to spoil wow. it for people. Also, wow. you should spend money on my books. Wow. So Good. If you that's want to know what shrewd, it is, it's in that there. is shrewd marketing and. Yeah, by the book. And at the price of gas these days, you're probably saving money by finding out from the book rather than driving all the way to the thing. Oh, wow. So this book is a money saver then. It is. Yeah. It's very economical. And it's a great thing to read on the shitter. Sure. (laughs) If you love to shit. That's two good things about it. Well, Russ, thank you for joining us. Uh, The Besties is Russ's podcast. 
check out Russ's brand new book. What a joy it's been to have you. Thank you for staying up late for us, Russ. Thanks, guys. Four o'clock in the morning in New York City right now. Mm-hmm. We could not be more grateful. You can still go out and get one more drink at those bars that are still those open. Famous bars in New York City that are... Love hearing about over here in L.A. Yeah, people like to let us know about those in the New York Times or whatever. Uh, our producer is Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. Uh, Valerie Moffat is over there on the stream in the Max Fun HQ wearing dangly earrings and a necklace. I don't know if they're a set, but they certainly go together. Look great. Uh, <laughs> Val did an ain't, ain't I cute face. <laughs> um, uh, Russ Freshdick's been our guest. Uh, our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Hey, guess who I met at the Swamp Dog's birthday party? Hmm. The guy from Light in the Attic Records. Hey, cool. He came. His name's Matt, and he came up and introduced himself oh. to me. Did he ask us only... to stop using the song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I never said like, that was okay. <laughs> someone hacked my email, dude. Not yeah. cool. <laughs> this is for all commercials, not your show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It is in every commercial. Uh, boop, boop, boop. We're on uh, MaximumFun.Reddit.com if you want to chat about this show. Uh, you can also hashtag your tweets with the hashtag JJGo, uh, where I bet we'll probably share this bunny jumping competition video. Oh, yeah. Somebody will anyway. Somebody knows what Russ's uh, what Russ's island eating game is called. Mm. Um, and uh, you can find us on Twitter at Jordan underscore Morris, on Instagram at Jordan David Morris, and at put dot this dot on. Uh, guest starring on the stream right now is uh, Bug the Legend. The legend continues on Jordan's lap. <laughs> uh, we'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.